everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Stop trying to keep up with the Joneses and realize you are already Mr. and Mrs. Jones. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Dude, I am great, yeah. and in no small part because I am drinking a Freddie Mercury IPA from my favorite brewery in, in the world, uh, McKellar. Um, that's very. That's a very timely beer because the movie's coming out. Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. Oh shit! I, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but it's an IPA. It's and where's 9%. it from? It's Here. It's from. Uh, well, well, they're um oh, right. in like the Nordic whatevers, but they do have a brewery in uh, California. Ah. Um. So and I'm it, guessing from there. What's the alcohol content on that bad boy? It's nine. Whoa! So it's a double IPA. <laughs> it's an opener and a closer. Yeah, all right. Um I am drinking my beer. This is mine. This is a uh what's that? I I was going to say does it have a name? It does. I'm calling it Leftover IPA. I try to name all my beers just like one word, and I know mm-hmm. Leftover is technically two words, but it's it's do you hyphen it? I do not hyphen it. It's just one word. Oh, but basically okay. I had a bunch of like leftover ingredients that I was trying to get rid of. And I threw it all together, and I used uh, – it's all Chinook hops, and it's 6.2%. And uh, is I had leftover yeast, leftover malt, all, like, the ingredients. I just kind of threw something together, and this is it. Yeah. So Okay, so so that means that you have, like, one of those gravitrometers or something that measures uh, the sh- – Yeah, I have a gravity – I have a refractometer and a uh, hydrometer. What is a refractometer? Is that me- show you how dark the beer is? It measures uh, it measures uh, sugar content with light, hmm. so it's like a little binocular thing. Oh, so you get like a double uh, check on yeah. what the ABV would be. Yeah, so I do the refractometer before it's fermented, and then the hydrometer after it's fermented. Oh shit! Yeah, it's nerdy, and I, I'm that gonna is... and I'm gonna invest in a digital refractometer soon. So, Ooh. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be sick. Anyway. Uh, well, let's, let's thank Eric Gross for sending in our catchphrase today, which is stop trying to keep up with the Joneses and realize you already are Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Uh, thank you, Eric, for sending that in. If you want to send in a catchphrase so that we can read at the beginning of the show, please join the Listen Money Matters community on Facebook by visiting listenmoneymatters.com slash community. And, and that's how you can do it. So uh, what are we talking about today? Because I know we've, I feel like we've talked about this before. So we have way back, maybe like four years ago at this point, yeah. uh, we did an episode on the investor's blueprint and we kind of covered a little bit of the beginning of finance, like your yeah. financial setup, uh, and, and investing and it was early in the show, and it was a really popular episode, and, and mm-hmm. we get emails about it, and we had recently been asked to refresh it, you know, if anything changed, or just they were curious. Yeah. And uh, I realized that we could do it hella better, um, and seriously update it, so um, that's so, what we're going to do. So the last blueprint was just for investors, and this one, are we? is it just investors? It's, it's pretty much for anyone, or just like a general financial blueprint, right? So, yeah, so so the first one was supposed to be just for investors. Yeah, but we covered some beginning finance pieces, and this one is the first X pieces of your finance setup, um, and then it'll deviate at the ends 
um, where we'll cover some investing or yeah. a future episode. All right, cool. And uh, just before we start, mm-hmm. um, in this episode, we're going to mention people like Betterment and Fundrise, and these are things that we use, but there are other things that you could use as opposed to Betterment whatever. Um, this just a suggestion. Yeah. And uh, obviously, if you love the show and want to help us out, uh, they're all in our toolbox. Yeah, so listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox to get uh, links to all of those. And then if you click those links and sign up for those services, um, we make a small commission at no additional cost to you. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, and, and I think, too, we should talk about what to look out for if you are looking for a, an, an alternative service like Betterment or uh, whatever we mentioned on the show. We'll just say like, oh, the reason that we use this is because of this. And so if you're going to find a comparable service, like look for this particular you know piece. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's. Uh, all right, so I guess let's. I want to o- kind of overview the whole thing because mm. um, I feel like I, basically this episode is kind of for me in the sense that like I have all of these pieces in place, but I don't have a blueprint per se. Right? They're mm. just kind of. I have all the pieces, but like I don't know how it all flows. Right? Maybe the, not structured. Maybe not feeling like mm. you're doing it. Corrected. Right. So uh, the first thing, can I, so I just can I just name everything? Yeah, we, sure. we definitely, yeah. So basically, it starts with like working capital and your checking account, and then moving mm-hmm. into like savings, and then moving into emergency funds, and then ending with how to, you know, once you have all of those pieces in place, investing in, and, and growing that, that thing, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and it ends there, right? Yeah. So, I think it's so let's start um, checking accounts. Yeah. Right. Um, you have it set here as checking account, a.k.a. working capital. So uh, obviously I would imagine I mean, I have a checking account. I have one checking. I have. Well, I, I'm just going to use my personal account in this. I'm not. Gonna, yeah. T- yeah. So I have one checking account that I use and that's how I pay my bills. And that's how I, you know, just pay for shit, basically. Like normal working stuff, normal right. life shit. So um, I don't know. Ex- I don't have a question. I just that's yeah, just yeah. true. So so basically, uh, I mean, that's what it is, and I think it's um, perhaps more formalizing, like the checking account, and then beefing it up because chances are you you don't have, uh, or or you may, but but a lot of people don't really have a robust set up here or, or they're they're using things for the wrong reasons and yeah. so I, I'll, I I'll tell it, you I'll tell you what I don't keep a lot of money in my checking account like I'm constantly depleted and then my you know I get paid every two weeks and so right. then I wait for that to come back and sometimes I have to hold off on paying you know the mortgage or the bill for like a couple of days until like the check clears and I kind of the reason I do that, and I maybe it's stupid. I think you're going to tell me it's stupid because I take – stupid. All right, thank you. I take, the, <laughs> like, anything extra. So, like, if mm-hmm. I, you know, get paid and I have, you know, let's say $3,000 in my checking account and I know kind of in the future that I'm going to need $2,000, well, I'll take that extra $1,000 and throw it in a savings account or a Betterment account or mm-hmm. something. And so then I'm always sort of scraping at the bottom. Not that I'm ever broke. It's just I'm 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 – 
allocating that money too soon and I'm not keeping enough in active checking. And I always thought that, yeah, why keep any money in checking when, you know, you could keep it somewhere else where it would actually earn you money like a savings account or an investment account. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it comes down to like, and, and you may have like heard about this. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff in the news. Like most people in the U.S. like can't come up with, I think it was like $200. That's insane you know? to me. Which is insane, and it main it is not because they are just like super poor and right. making like five thousand dollars a year. It's the nature of the the finances they built around themselves has made it really hard to get a, a small amount of money Quickly. when needed. And yeah. so, to what the working account is, is your monthly expenses mm-hmm. essentially times two point five. Or okay. 150% more. So the idea is if you spend $2,000 on like a month on like food, mortgage, whatever. Rent, yeah. You would keep $5,000 in your working account. So this way, like if you got a flat tire, yeah, um, you want the new iPad or something yeah. or whatever, that's your working account. And if it's not in there, then you can't get it. But you have a buffer so you're not sweating and stressing the minute yeah. of, your, of your money. Why do you say minute? Why don't you say minutia? I, I've actually, I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. It just kind of <laughs> happened. <laughs> I, I was like, I hope I'm saying it right. It's minutia. <laughs> minutia. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So Always with the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say minute? Uh, what, so what about credit cards, though? Because I think that for me... That's where my working capital is. You know, if I need to, you know, if I have a flat tire or, or something happens or I want to buy a new iPad Pro, perhaps I will just throw it on the credit card. And but, you absolutely should. Okay. Cause I want those points. I, and I pay my credit cards off every month. But I guess you're saying that like I should have that cap. Cause right. Sometimes if I don't have that capital in my checking account, then at the end of the month, it's like, well, where's that money coming from? Like, how are you going to pay and off like, that credit what card? What if? There's an extenuating circumstances, and like you know that in two weeks you're gonna get paid, yeah. and make the money to pay the car. But for whatever reason that doesn't happen, you're kind, you're screwed. Okay, and not kind of screwed, you're screwed. And so the idea is that if you're spending the money, you're yeah. spending it on the credit card because you have all these protections, you get the points. Yes, but it's already covered. Oh, you know? okay, right, right. It's like covered. it's already covered in the checking, and then like the the payment is automated. Because mm. while you could jockey the whole thing, there's probably better things you could be doing with your time. Yeah, you should. I, and I don't do this, to be honest. And I probably should do this. But I don't set a automatically pay off my entire balance every month on my credit card because of the idea that I don't, I don't keep a lot of money in my checking account. Mm. So in this case, you're saying I should keep a very padded checking account. And what will happen is, so let's say, you know, you usually spend $2,000 and you've been getting a little lax lately and you're yeah. spending more. Yeah. Um, that will essentially cover that, at, like increase your average of what you spend a month and force you to maintain a bigger working capital account. Mm-hmm. And so initially in like month one, it'll deplete faster than usual. Um, and, and so what happens is like larger than normal spending or on, you know, anticipated expenses sure. won't nuke you. Yeah. Okay. It won't force you to sell investments and whatever. So like if if I'm starting from scratch in this case, which I'm not, but let's say I am, I should just hold off 
putting any money, allocating any money anywhere until I have a big, you know, 2.5 times increase in my checking account. Yes. So let's say like that build you, up that first. Yeah. So, so if you're in debt, yeah. um, you should pay the minimum balance mm-hmm. and get your working account together so that mm. you are not effed when something happens. And then once your working account is together, and we will talk about this as when we get there, yeah. but then you would focus on your debt. And so it's like stable footing first. And if you needed to buy something big, like, I don't know, a new carburetor or whatever, yeah. you, and, and then, or something that you could plan for, like maybe a surfboard, because I, I know you're a big surfer. Yeah, a huge surfer. You know me. I'm always hanging 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always hitting those barrel rolls, brah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you, you would essentially anticipate that and pad your working capital. I, I guess a surfing board this day is like a thousand. A surfing board. <laughs> like my grandfather. Oh, that young kid on his surfing board out there and the and this doing his what he calls barrels. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, um, what happens when, like, all right, let's just say that I'm at a point where I've got two point five times the amount of my expenses in a checking account. I got, let's just say I have a very padded checking account. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I still have money coming in and I'm, and I'm, you know, curbing my spending. So like, where's the extra go? Where's the extra money go next? So this is where it forks and we're mm-hmm. not going to, so, so one angle is you're going to pay down your debt and we're going to, we're going to cover that in depth in another episode. Okay. We've talked about this. Yeah. And so you sure. can look at the back catalog, but if you're in debt, this is where it forks for you. The first, Otherwise, yeah, okay, right. Uh, like, so if you, and by debt, I mean anything other than mortgage and student loans. So you're talking only, really just credit card debt and personal credit loans. Credit card debt, yeah, personal loans, or I, I don't know what other. Why don't you count student loans and mortgages in that? Well, I know, interest, I, well, I understand why you don't count mortgages, but why not student loans? Because the interest rates are, are usually so low that it's okay. that uh, it, it's like a non thing. I mean, if it's like a three percent, not that it would be in every case, but if it was the three percent interest rate, yeah. it's like equal to inflation. So right. it's like, doesn't it? So it's know. not an emergency to get to pay off because you're not exactly. you're not you're not it's not a leaky bucket situation. Exactly. Got like it. you're okay. not you're not like dying over. Right. It. Right. Okay. Um, Makes sense. So if you're in debt, make a hard left. Yep. Uh, otherwise. Um, you, you may, like, in, in your case, want to uh-huh. buy a house. Yes. Or you may feel that, like, it were, like, a day away. Or <laughs> from a the year recession, away from, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so, so you're like, well, I want to buy when the market's low. These are all things that I believe fall into an opportunity fund. Okay. And so I think the next piece that uh, you can fill, for and this is more of a need-based account, mm. would be an opportunity fund. Uh, I actually just thought of something. What do you use for a checking account? Um, I use Fidelity MySmart Cash account. Okay, you have for a while. Yeah, I, since day one. Um, do you actually they, have a checkbook, like a I real do. check? You do. Do you ever use it? You know, it's those rare times. Like I don't know, we're uh, we're giving a gift to someone in Laura's family, or oh. I have to like, we we have to pay our accountant. You know, really? Because he uh, the like this guy. The only way to pay him is by check. I would just I would get is. a new account. <laughs> I would get well, a new account. <laughs> the, I'd be like, this, dude, this you need to get with the time. We've been discussing Laura and I for yeah. some time. Yeah, he's an accountant. He literally has to like get with the times. Yes, I agree. And, and how money is transferred. 
Uh, Our setup's so, complicated. It's just uh. All right. So you used I use simple. I just wanted to make I just wanted to mm-hmm. say the tool. Which you've also been using for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, since before we started the show. Okay, so I want to ask you, but just to say, I use Fidelity MySmart Cash because they cover all ATM fees. Yep. And so I love that. Um, it's easy. Yep. And it just, I, I love the Fidelity app. Why do you use Simple? Uh, one, they cover all the ATM fees, but I very, very rarely use an ATM because I use credit cards so much. Mm-hmm. Um, Same, but but when I want $20, yeah. th- that's my money. So like, no one's taking a cut of my money. Yeah. Uh, so with an AT, so I have an ATM card, and when I do need it, one time, I, this is one time I went out, and I for some reason my pin wasn't working, or I forgot it, or something. I went on my phone and quickly changed my pin, and then put the credit card or put the card back in and use the new pin. You could change the pin on the app. Yep, on the app. Oh my god, dude, that is brilliant. Yeah, because face ID, that is the whole thing. A multi-hour extravaganza. Yes. Yeah, they like, had to send you a thing in the mail. Yeah, no. Mm. Uh, the other thing is, is that I, I there's no overdraft fees at all, mm. um, and they have they they, they not the, that you would overdraft because you have a working capital account that is <clears> you right. know fully. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, you know me so well. Uh, but yeah, so there is no overdraft fees. But what they do is they show you the safe to spend number. Mm. So they don't show you the actual number that's – they do show you the actual number in your account, very small underneath. But what they show you bigger is the safe to spend. So if, there might be pending things. Right, or, right. Ah, yeah. That's really cool yep. and super – that's awesome. Yeah, they're just – yeah, they've been excellent. And I know we've met the people on the team, yeah. and they are just all are really great, and they're, they're building something that they believe in. Yeah, and it's uh, – so it's a visual interface backed by – BB Compass or whatever, BBVB mm. Compass, I think it's called. I mean, and the bank almost doesn't matter. It's doesn't just matter. A place that the yeah. yeah, it's the interface that matters. So anyway, so all right, I got this padded account, and you're talking about savings accounts at this point, mm. but you're talking, but you, I, why do you call them? You call them opportunity funds instead of savings because accounts. Originally, when we did the blueprint, and uh-huh. I still believe this, that there is really no space in in your larger financial setup for a savings account because the interest rates generally suck and you're just kind of like overcomplicating things yeah and so originally we were just like jump straight to betterment you know and, and right we'll talk about a lot of stuff well in this realm after the break but uh as my opinion has changed and as we've kind of like reconciled a lot of the questions that we've gotten of other people's finances um i think the savings account or or a savings like account is the best place to put uh medium term funds like saving for a home yeah you know waiting for the collapse of the amazon stock which was <sighs> like last week oh really uh, oh my god dude it lost 25 percent a little over 25 percent of its value because i missed earnings oh so if you've been watching amazon and been feeling that it's been overpriced well shit if you had an opportunity fund you would have just pulled the trigger yep. and got a 25 percent discount on an amazing stock right okay and so the opportunity fund is a place that you can call a bunch of money to do things like that. Oh, this is interesting. So the checking account is short term. Mm-hmm. Savings accounts are medium term. Yeah. So checking account is like your life and making sure your life is funded and that yeah. you know money is not holding you back from okay. the things that you need to do. The savings account is purely for goal-oriented things. Got it. Okay, so there would be no reason to just stick money in there 
for long term, like basically like hoarding cash under a mattress type of situation. Right. And we're going to talk okay. about that after the break. Sure. Okay. So and it uh, won't be under the mattress. So what you so what do you use? How many savings accounts do you have? First of all, uh, one. You have one. Yeah. So so Laura and I's finances are completely integrated. Yep. You know, makes it all very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, everything comes out of one, goes into like everything comes in and out of one working account. And then, you know, when we do things like buy rental properties, we have like one account that this stuff comes out of. Yep. Um, and there, there are a, a slew of awesome options. And we were talking about this before. Um, there's the Betterment Smart Saver account. That's this new. This is like a new thing as of like, I don't know, three months ago, maybe. And that's what you meant as like sort of savings, right? Because it's technically not an FDIC savings account. It's just a brokerage account investing in a hundred percent bonds well so so it's 80 percent u.s treasuries which oh. is like unanimously across the world considered the world's safest investment okay I mean, honestly if the u.s goes bankrupt we're in for a world of hurt beyond yeah. you losing your opportunity fund um and then 20 percent of it is in investment grade bonds mm-hmm. and uh as a result right now that they're saying you're, you would get a yield of about 1.9 percent which is which yeah, is up to 20 times more than the national average, which is pathetically low. Yeah, and it's very – it's a savings account, essentially. Yes. Um, yeah. But so you have one savings account, but within that savings account, do you have different funds, like different oper- – like is it, is, it, is it split up differently? No, it's just one big-ass savings account. So, so we, we already own our house yep. that, that we live in, um, and uh, I, it's been no secret that I am waiting for the opportunities of a market correction. Uh-huh. Um, and so we are kind of – a large portion of our extra money that we are still investing, but a large portion of our extra is literally going into the opportunity fund mm-hmm. um, with no specific earmarked purpose other okay. than I will know the opportunity when I see it. When it, when it happens. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, what, who do you use? Like, where is that savings account? Um, I can't say. Okay. That's weird. Why? Because of SEC things. Oh. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. But you could say. Why can I, why can I say? And you can't. Why? Because uh, you don't have a relationship with every financial institution that exists. Oh, right. Okay. So I just, you, I have two savings accounts. I don't uh, have a relationship with Fidelity, so I could say that. Okay. So I, I have two savings accounts. I started the Betterment one because that's new. The, mm. the super saver or smart saver? I think smart saver. Smart saver, yes. And I and I guess if you have a Betterment account, like you probably already know it exists. Yeah, because I think they just automatically added it to my account. Mm. I think that's how it worked. They were just like, oh, you have a super saver account now. Add some money to it. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and then I have an Ally Bank uh, savings account, which is high yield, sort of similar to uh, the Capital One 360 account. Mm. which was the one I got banned from, which used to be on <laughs> Direct. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other ones. I, I know there's Smarty Pig, and I'm sure there's a ton of others out there. And then obviously your bank, if you're whatever bank you're using, if, even if it's a local, they have a savings account attached you know, to it. You may be happy to hear that uh, Capital One 360 that hasn't been doing well after it came out that you were blackballed. That's, like people yeah. haven't been signing up for it. That's, you know, smart. You know, serves mm. them right. Although I did call people did, know that <laughs> I did say something mean to that guy on the phone. But mm. anyway, uh, you should have eaten whatever you told him to eat. I should. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Well, let me go reflect on what I said and how to change my <laughs> my evil ways. Uh, we're going to take a break and then we, we're good. Right. Like we can we can take a break. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we got two more things to talk about and some really interesting investing stuff. So uh, we'll be right back. And let's. All right. All right. <laughs> Does that mean that we're back? We're back now. Yeah. So what? Um, where are we at now? So we've we've covered the short term checking account. You know, working capital. You know, life stuff. And then we have medium term savings account opportunity fund. That's the you know. There's two forks. You know, once you have your mm-hmm. once you have your big padding and your checking, you have your fork. If you're in debt, fork yourself that way. <laughs> And if, <laughs> and if you go fork yourself and, to the left. Yep. And if you're out of debt and you're good to go, then you can fork yourself to an opportunity fund. Start throwing some uh, some of that extra cash into a savings account, preferably high yield. We'll see how long the high yield savings account lasts in this in this mm. economic culture uh, climate, I should say. And so now where are we now? What's the next step? So the next step is an emergency fund and. While sounding super obvious, um, unfortunately, I do not believe that it is super obvious. I don't believe it's obvious. One, why is an opportunity fund different from an emergency fund? And are they the same? Like, do you actually have a separate account where you keep an emergency fund? Yeah. Or you? Okay. Where do you keep it? Uh, So we have a Fidelity account for that. So you do have two savings accounts? No, no, it's not a savings account. Oh, what is it? So uh, it's investments. Oh, and so so we'll, like I want to kind of explain yeah. what it is. And why is this something that is investments this, are okay? Does this come after? You know, is this money so, after savings, or should you build up the emergency fund and then start savings? So I, I will admit that it is slightly structured to handle the show break better. Okay, fair cause, enough. Because I want to talk about this a bit longer. Okay. And I, I think this uh, comes more towards where you are with your finances. Okay. If you already have investments and savings and stuff, you know, they it could potentially act as a proxy emergency funds, you know, obviously I think that, and I'll explain why I think you should build like a formal one, but you may feel like your house purchase coming up or market opportunities or so on and so forth are more urgent or important. Yeah. But typically if you were starting from zero, you know, you're graduating college, you'd build your working fund and then you'd build your emergency fund. Okay. What is, what would, what do you consider an emergency? So all I can uh, think of is like, you're dead or like, you know, like I, I think medical, <laughs> that's emergency. an emergency for the people that are left. Sure. After you're dead. So, I mean, <laughs> I, when I think emergency, I think medical emergencies. Yeah. So I think a medical emergency or, or like, say like every day you have to drive an hour to work. There's mm-hmm. no mass transit there. You have to drive an hour. And I don't know. You're like, your car is that unfortunate one on the side of the highway yeah. that is like engulfed in flames. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah, like that one you're talking about, right? Like, well, yeah, that super sucks. Yeah, that Sorry. Dodge Shadow. I know. You're, I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they yeah. <laughs> that happened to you? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I may or may not be pulling that from real life situations. <laughs> um, like in that case, you would have to buy another car. Okay. And so that is an emergency because in order for you to get to work and earn money and whatever, yeah. you need to buy the car. Yep. 
That's not an opportunity. That is an emergency, right? It is an emergency, right? Or like your house floods or is hit by a meteor, you know? Oh, yeah. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Volcano insurance is a thing. Yeah. You know? Um, Meteor insurance is probably a thing, but not that I'm aware of. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should probably check if you're in a volcano zone before you buy a volcano insurance. There you go. Um, Thank you, family guy, uh, for that one. Um, but but I but I guess the, the important thing to say is you will have between zero and three emergencies in your life. Okay. And, you know, if you're unsure of what an emergency is and you don't think that we did this justice, there is an awesome article on Wikipedia on emergencies. So you can familiarize yourself with, that. <laughs> with all the emergencies. Right. Got so, it. for example... If you get a flat tire, yeah, or you know, um, your fridge, uh, you know, there's a power outage and you have to replace all your food because your fridge dies, or you know, all these inane things that happen in your life. What if you get locked out of your house while the stove's on and you have to kick the door down? (laughs) (laughs) Not that I know that from real life or something that happened two weeks ago to someone, but. Well, the, okay, so the Was first question to ask would be, would you call 911 in this situation? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you call 911? Your stove's okay. on? So if, if you locked yourself out of your house while the stove was on, called 911 and kicked your door down, I, I would still say that's not an emergency. Yeah, but I got to pay for a new door. Uh, I mean, so the guy that – or yeah, all right, fine. I did this. It happened two weeks ago. But I had to pay for a new uh, handle on the door. It was $70. Yeah, so, so that – should come out of your working funds, your working capital. Okay. And so the idea of like having this fluffy working capital is it can absorb things these, like that. Yeah. Incidentals. Uh, exactly. Okay. Because an emergency is something big and unexpected. Okay, and got it. I think that while you can you could plan for a flat tire, mm-hmm. I don't know if you could plan for someone that you know kicking a door down. Sure. Or you yourself doing that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those are incidentals. An emergency is a big event. Got it. Okay. Understood. Where you have to spend a lot of money. So what do you – so an emergency fund is you would typically keep that money into a savings account, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay. So or something that you would have quick access to, right? You would need – You're saying for the emergency fund. Yes. So I am saying that um, – you are not going to have frequent emergencies. And, no. and actually, you know what? It's often a, a big difference between people who have built meaningful wealth and those who haven't because people who have built wealth and, and are wealthy, uh, you'll find that they often are saving or anticipating failures of the future. Okay. Right? And so uh, if, one, if like you have zero to three emergencies in your life, the idea is that you will be withdrawing from this account zero to three times. Okay. And so you can set it up to be conservative, but it should grow because you're really not going to be tapping it. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't say a savings account. I would say a conservative investment account. Okay. And so um, there's a for something, there's like a, 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 what about a retirement account? Well, so the problem with retirement accounts is that there are rules around oh, right. withdrawing from them. So, so like. You have to be like 59 and a half yeah. or there may be penalties. Right. And so unfortunately, like they're not a good spot for it. Okay. So I would say something like it doesn't have to be this. And obviously it depends on your level of risk, but something like a Betterment account with a 60-40 split. So Got it. 60% stocks, 40% bonds. 
It is something that is going to grow, not super aggressively, mm -hmm. but is also in the event of like a market collapse, not going to take massive losses. Sure. So that like you could still handle emergencies. Is this something that you would th you have to keep adding to all the time, or do you like once you've built up the emergency fund, you pretty much don't have to rebuild it until you have an emergency and you know deplete it and then replenish it. Mm. So um, this morning I came up with this really brilliant rule. Okay, I'm calling it the the sixty nine rule. Of course you are. Because I <laughs> I figured it'd be really hard for people to forget remember that. it. Yeah. Forget it. Oh, I right. Mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Talk about and, your 69 rule, perv. And uh, the idea is that essentially the emergency fund is six to nine months of your monthly expenses. So if you, again, back to the example in the beginning, spend yeah. $2,000 a month, soup to nuts, everything in your life, you would multiply that by six. So that would be $12,000 on the low end. Uh -huh. And on the high end, you multiply it by nine, which would be eighteen thousand. So okay. that means, like, if you spend two thousand a month, your emergency fund should be between twelve and eighteen thousand dollars. Okay, but it will be invested, you know. And perhaps when you get towards the higher end of that number, um, you could go more aggressive with like a seventy thirty split in betterment. Mm -hmm. um, and this will just be money that sits there, invested, growing into perpetuity. You and know? you just want to make sure that you keep it between six and nine times, right? You like so if mm. you grow in income, does that mean you, it that you start or adding, grow in expenses? I'm sorry, if you grow in expenses, does that mean you add money to that emergency fund to keep it between six and nine? And do you just I, keep it there? Or do you not? Do you not exceed nine, or so you just don't need say, to? I would I'd say absolutely add to it. Okay, if your expenses are increasing, so you have to add to your working capital and to your emergency fund, and you could either let it sit there and mm -hmm. grow indefinitely. You could, after it hits 18, you know, if that was like the top end of your band, yeah. you could pull it out and now add this to your like legitimate investments right. area that we'll, we'll talk about in, in a moment. All right. I mean, that seems a little, honestly, it seems a little nuts to me what? because this just the whole emergency fund thing. Mm. Because, like, if I were to just start an emergency fund account today, like, I could go into Betterment right now, say, up, mm. oh, spin up a new brokerage account, call, you know, name it emergency fund, right? Do it, set it to 60 40, you know, mm -hmm. 60 stocks, 40 bonds, right? You're saying 60 stocks, 40 bonds, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, and then I'm, I mean, I, I, my expenses are more than $2,000. So, mm -hmm. like, it's going to take me a long time to get to six to nine, you know what I mean? But should I take money out of my investments right now and stick it in there first? You know what I mean? No, I I think that you should. There there may be tax implications. Okay, so that. start now. You're meaning right, you're meaning. and and what this essentially becomes. You know, we could call it an emergency fund. But we could also call this your your set of conservative investments. Okay, so it is part of building. Like okay, as you build more wealth, you like the fall will be all much harder. Mm. Then, like when you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. Sure. When you have a hundred thousand dollars, you could lose a hundred thousand dollars. Right. So the idea is to tier um, your setup so that like you can absorb unanticipated expenses. Right. Um, you know, you have money for emergencies that will withstand you know market corrections and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and then when we look at investments, that is geared towards growth. So this, so your emergency fund will grow, 
but it is not like um, that. It's not its its explicit purpose. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, it. Do you can you see why that's a hard pill to swallow? Look, uh, I, I mean, I, I can. Okay. And I think that uh, generally speaking, it's like, oh, you want me to start a when? Like, if I'm sitting here and I'm like. Mm-hmm. All right, like I'm listening to the show or whatever. I'm like, when do I get to start making fucking money? Like, when do I start like investing in like making money? Well, okay, so it is invested, you know. It, it you, sure, it but I'm grow. never gonna take that money out for myself to buy a friggin' TV or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never gonna be think, rich okay. from it. No, that that is that is a great example, and I, I want you to think back through your life because uh-huh. you've actually uh, over the course of the show essentially gone from like two dimes that you could rub together to having a meaningful amount of wealth that you could start like forward planning and doing awesome things. Yeah. Now, um, and, and you've, the way that you live your life and you approach day to day has changed Mm -hmm. because you have this set of assets that you can rely on. Yes. And in, in a weird way, it's almost like a proxy for confidence. And so the idea is that you can operate, and do things in your life knowing that you have a solid cushion. You know, like, you are not going to screw your shit up. So here's the thing, though. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that I'm, I'm, I'm aggressively trying to save for a home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can make, you know, I can pad my checking account. Not a problem. And that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I, have an, I have an account that I'm, you know, putting money away for a home I'm, I, and things like that. But now you're telling me, well, you also need an emergency fund, too. So what that's telling me right now is that I need to, like, put put the brakes on in my aggressive saving for a house and divert some of that savings money into an emergency account. Well, let's let's talk about that, because I I think a lot of things like the house uh, that, that you've been talking to me about is largely sitting in the want category. It is something yes. that you want. You know, I was talking to you before we came on. Apple just released a new iPad. Yeah. That is something that I want. I probably won't buy it, but I want it. Mm-hmm. And should my wants take precedence over, over like, needs. you know, well, you know, it's like obviously I shouldn't buy an iPad over paying my electric bill. You know, do people do that possibly? Yeah, but then and you won't I, be able to charge your iPad. So I don't get it. <laughs> Damn, you're good. Uh, <laughs> The the point is, um, you know, like people buy homes and look, will you get a loan if it's FHA approved and only have to put three and a half percent down? Absolutely. Right. Can you get a mortgage with only putting 10 percent down and pay PMI? Absolutely. Is it a smart financial decision? Like, I don't think so. I think you are buying before you're actually able to buy. To and afford so, it. Yeah. Like, look, Matt, at the end of the day, if you want a house, go buy a damn house. And like spend all of your money, but I think it would behoove you to approach it a little slower Mm -hmm. so that like you get the house, doesn't matter what the market does. Perhaps you, you know, lose your job or there's an income issue or whatever, and you have space to breathe and figure it out. You know, it's about like making the smartest decisions instead of making decisions based on having to get a dollar together. Right. So another way to, I guess you could just, not spend as much per month and then your emergency <laughs> fund goes down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can still aggressively save because I'm not spending all that money for my personal life expenses. Oh my God, dude, you cut 10% off your expenses. Then the needs and the working account and the, the emergency fund like drop dramatically. Yeah. 
All right. Let's say in a perfect world, I have a padded checking account. Mm -hmm. I'm putting money into an opportunity fund, right? I've, I've got my emergency fund covered for, I'll say, six months. I'll mm -hmm. go on the low end, okay? I got a 60-40 account split investment brokerage account. I got six months runway, basically, or six months uh, of my expenses. You know, it's six months times the expenses, not times the padding, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so right. it'd be like if expenses were two, it'd be like two times six. Okay, got it. All right. Um, now what do I do? So, so now we could talk about investing. And I also want to know how mm -hmm. much, like in this, in this whole, in, in this whole chat, I want to know of my extra capital, I mean, of mm -hmm. my extra money after my account has been padded, my checking account has been padded. What should I be putting towards a savings account percentage wise? What should I be putting towards an emergency fund? And then what should I be putting towards like just long-term investments? So once your working capital is covered, yeah. you're done. Once your emergency fund is covered, you're done. And then what you're happens? Saying, are you saying I should push pause on putting any money in an investment account or opportunity fund until my emergency fund is fully funded? I absolutely am saying that. Okay. Because I will tell you what will happen. Okay. You, you will buy this home, and I know – Everyone aspires to buy a home that they slightly can't afford. Sure. It is like human nature. It is and as American a result, nature for sure. It, it is American nature. Uh -huh. And as a result of doing that, uh, and, and anyone who has attempted to do this to an extreme knows that the bank, even though you have enough money for the down payment, will not give you the loan because you don't have extra additional money that is not invested that you can use to like buy food and stuff. Mm. They're not going to give you a loan that they think you're going to default in in two months because sure. you spread yourself too thin. However, that is not a really huge buffer. And you could drop all this money and then you need to get furniture and yada, yada, yada. And inadvertently have this awesome life thing turn into the worst thing that ever happened to you. Right. Because it's really easy to get into a 30-year mortgage and it is terribly difficult to get out of one. Got it. So, so it's more about like, again, anticipating like issues in the future. All right. So to recap, pad it, checking account, fully funded emergency fund. Mm. Now I have to allocate some money towards my savings. Like any extra money on top of that is being allocated towards an opportunity fund. If you want. If you want. Not. Okay. So you don't have to do an, an opportunity no. fund. No. Okay. It's yeah, optional. If you don't, yes. Got it. Now I want to like, let's say I don't want to do an opportunity fund. I want to put all of I want to put all of my extra capital in mm. investments. What do I what am I going to do here? What's okay. the blue What's the blueprint? Okay. So, uh first, I, I it is worth saying that there if you work for a job that has matching of retirement funds, mm -hmm. I think that this should potentially go before an Everything. emergency fund. But uh, I could completely understand if, if you are in the early stage of your finances, you know, it might make sense to have some cash available yeah. to absorb an emergency. Okay. That said, like, you know, run, not walk to matching. Um, if it's like, you know, 25% matching, that means, <laughs> right, which is, which is generally like on the lower end of what matching tends to be, that means you immediately get a 25% return on anything you contribute, which is years worth of the money sitting in the stock market. Yeah, ridiculous. Mm. Okay. Uh, 
then what? So let's say I don't, let's say, let's say that's covered or, you know, whether it's, whether you have a H or whether you have a 401k or not. Mm. So, okay. So you have, you have matching covered. Um, and, uh, we're going to talk about retirement accounts like in detail in another episode. Okay. I think it, it is a topic like far beyond the scope of this, but, yeah. um, you could start in, I would say that you could start investing in normal taxable investments. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can, you know, buy Apple or whatever. Um, yeah. and the idea of a taxable investment is that you can invest in things and in the future use that money if you needed to for whatever. I yeah. don't know. You Starting could get, you a could, business. Yeah, you could take it out if you needed to. Right. And so, um, generally speaking, I think that you should look at it as there's 80% of that, of whatever money you're investing mm-hmm. that goes into like quote unquote boring funds, like index funds, Van- index funds, like Vanguard's e- total stock market ETF. Like yeah. it is God's gift to the inter- to the internet, the to internet. the internet and the stock. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but what does the other 20% go? So, so the other 20%, um, and, and it could be, you could say if you're a very conservative person, maybe put 90% sure. in the, this, uh, boring Index. category, sure. which by Don't the way, call it boring. Well, okay. It's boring because you stick it in there and it's done, but it's not boring because, and obviously this is not an indication of the future, but the average, the, this, this blew my mind when I was checking out the average yearly performance of Vanguard's VTI fund, the total mm-hmm. stock market fund. Mm-hmm. So the average return over the past five years has been 14.25% per year. Wow. So, like, I don't know what to say other than, like, holy shit balls! if you just invested in this, which is essentially investing in the, the U.S. economy, you're killing it. Yeah. Like, you're super killing it. Right. And the fees are really low. So, beyond that, it's either 10 to 20%, depending on how risky you feel. Um, and how much capital you have. Right. And so, like, if you think and of it I'm like fa- this. And, like, personal obligations, family, and security, and things of those natures. Right. And so, like, let's say, like, you're investing $1,000 a month. I could imagine you taking 800 of that mm-hmm. and putting it in VTI. Mm-hmm. And then you have an additional 200 mm-hmm. that you would invest every month. And it, I think 10%. Uh, should be going into uh, real estate related assets. So, it, and this does not include your home. The home that you live in is non investment. Okay. Um, and this could be rental properties. This could just be REITs. Like Vanguard has awesome REITs. Mm-hmm. It could be Fundrise that we've talked about on the show. This might be. Um, this might sound crazy. Could it be a vacation home? If you are renting it out for 90 plus percent of the year, then I would say, sure. You know, and then, but I would say that fits into the rental property category. Okay. Right. Like you got to run the numbers, make sure it works. Yeah. We have simple wealth. You can go to use it, check that out. Um, And so 10% should go into real estate. Real estate tends to be a pretty strong investment just over the course of like the last like hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, it generally performs well and VTI while super diverse doesn't have, uh, it, it's, it's underweighted in things like real estate. Okay. So, uh, okay. And, and that, so that 10, if you're talking about rental properties in that 
would you like you, so Funrise allows you to uh basically go in on some properties. Like you don't have to you don't have to buy full properties. You can just put you can invest money like you would in Betterment like into something, right? Exactly. Right. It, it essentially acts like Betterment. It's okay. like the real estate Betterment for real estate. But let's say that that 10% you wanted to invest in rental, you're owning your own rental property. Mm-hmm. At that point, let's you would would you take that money and put it into an opportunity fund? Absolutely. Okay. To to save up for a I mean like look, you're talking about $200 a month for a down payment on a rental property, which may take you many, many years to to end mm-hmm. up buying a rental property, right? So I, I would say, and we have, we have episodes on this, but I would say that you should get a mortgage. You know, uh, the properties that Laura and I went in, we it was they're between like twenty and twenty five thousand is what we needed to like get them for the down payment, twenty percent mm-hmm. and close. Um, so you would probably be saving up to about that, or larger if you wanted something bigger or a little smaller. Like my friend Neil, he gets a lot of places he needs about fifteen to put in. Okay, is there? Uh, and that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, and so so the idea is, uh, you have, you know, eighty percent or ninety percent if you're if you're not uh, a risky kind of guy, yeah, or, or gal, girl, or gal <laughs> into the ETF, and then so you have either ten to twenty percent that you ten percent you'd put into real estate related things regardless, yeah. mm-hmm. and then another ten percent that could either also go into real estate, or I I see it as like your um your play fund. So this is like where things like Lending Club would live, or if you love Nike, you could go invest in Nike. Yeah, and you can, and when you buy individual stocks like that, because I know a lot of people, especially like friends of mine who will, you know, text me and and ask me just general stuff. You know, oh, I want to invest in Lumber Liquidators or something. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, I would Dykes Lumber. That's where it's at. Yeah, is that seriously? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> well, like, there's um. This this idea that like, you know, people see those things first, right? They see Nike and they're like, wow, Nike's crushing it right now, or like Tesla's crushing it right now. Like, I want to buy fucking Tesla stock because it's fucking crushing. But I want to make. All and this- I mean, they both are. Yeah, right and I want to make all this goddamn money. Money, I just want the money. <laughs> uh, like, what do you say to those people? And like, well, okay, first, uh, what's your checking account look like? Mm. You know, are you are you pat at two point five percent? You know, two point five times your monthly expenses. Uh, do you have six, at least six months of your expenses saved up in an emergency fund? You know, are you taking, are you investing uh, a lot of your money into, well, I'll use your word, boring, you know, uh, <laughs> index funds? Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing all that. Okay. Then buy whatever the fuck you want to. Like, what do I know? Right. Yeah, like, yeah, buy that's Tesla. That's essentially it. Like, right? you know, Tesla is... That they just finally made a profit. Like I'm super yep. excited. I am an investor mm-hmm. in Tesla, you know. And so if I was investing a thousand dollars a month, one to two hundred dollars, you know, of that could just be going to Tesla yeah. every month, and that's fine. Yeah, like you could do that, but it's it's about like uh, being controlled and smart about it because if the entire thousand went in. And, and protect Elon it. Musk smokes too much weed. Yeah, right. On like, yeah, right. It could go to shit. Yeah. And it's about it's about being protected, really. It's about protecting your ass for the future and intelligent risks, intelligent like risks. calculated risks. Got it. All right. Sounds good, dude. Ooh. 
Well, I mean, here's... I'm sweating, so I, I feel like it was a good episode. Yeah, so I'm sweating. Well, and that's always a sign of a good episode, <laughs> not just not what you had last night for dinner or anything. Just just that's what right. a good episode is. Uh... It's smelling, and it's it's <laughs> smelling. <laughs> it it smells like chicken parm in here. Mm, that's mm. gross. Uh, <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do after listening to this. Mm. I am going to pad my checking account because I have I'm pretty bad at that, to be honest. Um, Reduce your stress, man. Well, it's not it's not stressful because there's money. I, I have I have access to the business account, so like mm-hmm. I can pull when I need to pull, which was right. which is just why I think I don't keep a big padded checking account. So I'm not gonna tr- I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm gonna like okay, you know, kind of push the pause button for like a month or two and just like pad my account right leave your business alone let it do its business yeah let it do it don't suck it dry when you need an ipad no right i'm gonna i'm gonna pad my checking account i'm going to open up an emergency fund in betterment a brokerage account a separate one Mm. i'm gonna title it emergency fund and i'm going to title it matt's confidence fund like you have this like no I don't know how much money your monthly expenses is, so let's assume that you need to have five hundred thousand dollars yeah. in this fund because you are blowing cash left and right. Yep, that's me. <laughs> Balling. Yeah. Um, this allows you to ball confidently. All right, so I'm gonna ball confidently. <laughs> this sounds wrong to say, but I'm gonna do it. Uh, and then I'm I'm I got my investments worked out. They're they're very. I don't do any of that. I don't. I actually don't have a fund like a. I I, I should say like. A play money mm. for investments because I actually don't. I'm not interested in any of those things personally. Like I'm not right. interested in buying individual stocks and in anything. I don't care about any one company to be like, yeah, like yeah. I yeah. mean, I like Tesla, but like I'd rather like. And you don't have to care. Like that's the whole thing is like you don't need to care about right. that shit. For for uh, I could take ten percent or twenty percent and invest in REITs or something. You know, like which you would be real estate, treat which something like Fundrise, just like Betterment, yeah, automated as ten to twenty percent, just like. Yeah. yeah, I could do that. I, I honestly, though, I'm probably not because I don't I am not I don't want to actively do anything like that. I, I like to you keep my finances simple. You don't have simple. to actively do anything, though. I mean, like you have an auto deposit to Betterment. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you just do the same with Fundrise. Right. I mean, I, you don't have I would, to. Yeah, I mean, I, let me let me get my everything else situated first. Let me let me mm. fit my my financial life into this blueprint that you've set out. Mm-hmm. Which I am going to do, and I'll update, I guess, if you want. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm going to do that. I think that's smart. And speaking of, like, updates and stuff. Yeah. Would you be willing to write an article um, on, like, balling confidently? Yeah. I, for yeah. Money Lab? It yeah, but it has, like it's going to have nothing to do with finances. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, like, an experiment on Money Lab, how I ball confidently. How I ball so hard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll do that. If you guys missed anything in this episode, we'll have everything in the show notes. Don't worry about that. Um, either that or on our website somewhere. You can check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts. I don't know where that is, but please do and tell your friends about us. Because every time if you have a friend who's asking you money, money questions or like is struggling with money, the easiest thing to do is like just listen to this thing. Like mm-hmm. on your way to work, just listen to this. And every time you refer someone to Listen Money Matters, yeah. an angel gets its wings. Yeah, that's – yep, true. Uh, <laughs> you know what? And here's the thing. You could either tell them to listen to the show or point them to your favorite episodes, maybe this one, and hopefully they'll become a subscriber, listen to it the, on their car, and then you guys can have something to discuss. Or you might they might come to you and say, dude, 
or you know, uh, that changed my life, man. Or like, I'm going to start doing this. And you're going to be like, good for you. Mm. That's all that matters. If you think we missed something in this episode, if you think we've, there's some holes in our blueprint or whatever, you can join the Listen Money Matters community on Facebook and we can talk about it and perhaps do a blueprint 3.0 episode in the future. Or 2.25. Or 2. Yeah, 2.5. Nerd. <laughs> Uh, That's just, right. <laughs> just go, go to slash community. And of course, if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about on future episodes of the show, email us listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. This episode is literally an example of us doing that. Exactly. And all the tools and resources that we've mentioned on this show, and we normally mention across other shows, are all available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. That's it. Andrew, thank you for putting together the blueprint, and I'm going to go uh, take care of that today. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 